0: Accepted, the the podcast. podcast, and I'm not Theo,
1: and I'm not Juliet, and this is our Christmas episode.
0: Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody! Yay, Yay. Um, Theo, what's shaken bacon?
1: Uh, what is shaken bacon? Let me get to my my list of bacon bits. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and I'm the
0: famous notes doing app.
1: it now so often, which grammatically is a snag, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that Sometimes I'll be like on my phone typing something, and James will say, Don't you dare put that down in your podcast. (laughs) Like, uh, all right. Um, So, uh, one of the things, which is big news for us, is that we've uh, had a slight jump in the charts, and we've moved from the hot 1000s into the triple digits. (laughs) We're podcast number 836 on the comedy charts.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you, everybody. We love you so much. we
1: love you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who it's are you best.
1: people? I mean, we're, we're delighted as hell, but wow. In
0: 20 years, we'll make oh, it up to right. the...
1: <laughs> the best podcast you never heard of.
0: Um,
1: but anyway, so, you know, I saw th- I saw that and I was like, wow, that's cool. Great. And then I went into Pandora, which gives us a breakdown. And sorry, I'm not going to be uh, boring everybody to tears with like the stats of I'm the podcast. Interested.
0: But you are. <laughs>
1: But I'll tell you who's not interested Is a person who lives in A town
0: <laughs>
1: What's that state above California? Oregon? I guess so, I don't know um, Oregon and mm,
0: Washington, yeah
1: Pardon me for clearing my throat but So this uh, this town is called Wilhelmina And okay. it is in the state above Directly above California mm-hmm. um, And which purports itself to be Oregon. And uh, somebody in Wilhelmina gave us a thumbs down. I saw we had a new follower, and I was like, uh. yippee, love followers. Let's let's dive in and see what's happening. And there was a, a new thumbs up, and I was like, cool, okay, great. Wow, that's and great. So the, the Pandora wants you to feel good about your show when you log in. Yeah. So you only see yeah. the count of thumbs up. Oh. you've got to and there were 20 flick thumbs it to the thumbs to see any thumbs down. <laughs> so imagine my shock and horror when I was like yeah. a thumb and a new follower that's amazing. And then an, a new thumbs down, what? And uh. so our thumbs up and our thumbs down both come from Wilhelmina Oregon and I'm just gonna Weird. say Wilhelmina, I know what Get you're your doing shit together well, <laughs> we had that that conversation where we were like, Oh, thumbs down make us laugh But yeah, we yeah. love thumbs up So I think somebody yeah. was just taking us at our word Oh, maybe um, Or the story that I made up is There's a very angry, rebellious teenage daughter <laughs> She heard the podcast with her father And he said, what shit is this? And he gave it a thumbs down and she snuck outside at midnight Because, you know Right And she logged in and gave us a thumbs up
0: Thank you, teenage girl Yes we love you the most.
1: We love you the most, right. So uh, that's the story <laughs> I've for, for... All of our thumbs down are always in conservative, small, rural areas. And they uh-huh. always make up that it's a parent who
0: <laughs> disapproves. Gave us the thumbs down. Yeah, but, And the rebellious teenage girl named Margarita Sometimes it's a son. The,
1: it depends on the name of the town. It could
0: be a son. Could, so, be a son. could be a son. So Wilhelmina...
1: It could be non-binary. could only could be, be day a, day day day. a female, you know, daughter. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. And then the other thing that I have is... Um, I heard this, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Have you heard okay. of the pre The
0: what?
1: The pre-kend. No. So you've heard of the weekend.
0: I've heard of the preakness, and I've oh, heard of the Oh, that's a race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horse race.
1: Okay. Um, oh, yeah, because you like horses. Um, <laughs> and so this one, I only know that race because my father-in-law liked betting on horses.
0: Oh, uh, I see.
1: See, that has nothing to do with my own interests. Um Gotcha. So the pre is Thursday. It's the day before
0: oh. Friday.
1: And I guess maybe Friday can kind of count as the pre too. And I was well, like... Well, we
0: used to call Thursday the start of the weekend in college. So I guess it's the pre now.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I where did I hear it? I don't know. Was it a podcast? Uh-huh. Maybe. It, it wasn't in the grocery store. People weren't talking about. <laughs> what are you doing this pre It wasn't that. <laughs> oh, how I wish it had been. So, I don't know if I like it or not. I hate it. Okay, good. I hate it, too. Okay, good. I have no will of my own. It's the
0: worst. <laughs> the pre So That's I mean, dumb. That's it, other Boo. than
1: Christmas shopping. Thumbs
0: down to that. Boo. Yeah. All right. And
1: so, what about you? What's shaking, Bacon?
0: I got some amazing Christmas presents last week. They are the best Christmas presents I've gotten this whole year. I, and <laughs> I was like...
1: You're not supposed to get Christmas presents before Christmas.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> one of them is On Tyranny, which looks like a real side splitter. And I can't wait to read it when I'm depressed one day. So it'll, <laughs> I'm sure it'll cheer me right up. Um, and it's a, it's a graphic novel, which is super cool. And I also got something I had no idea existed, which is Euripides, the Trojan Women, also a graphic novel. Fascinating. Um, and uh, Octavia Butler's Kindred, which Brent grabbed immediately because is very interested in Octavia Butler. He has not okay. read any of her stuff, and he's been meaning to read her stuff for, like, 30 years and has never gotten around to it. So it's a perfect gift for Theo and—for Theo, for my husband, <laughs> Brent. <laughs> <laughs> And then I got a Peanuts anthology, which is the perfect gift for me because I am the biggest Peanuts fan on the planet. And thank you, Theo, for the wonderful, wonderful Christmas gift. Oh, you're way you've so more house- than welcome. You've, you've warmed our household this, this Christmas. It's
1: what I do everywhere I go. Joy and cheer. <laughs> spreading it like peanut butter.
0: <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's really the only thing that's happened to me all week. But that makes up for all the other bullshit I didn't do. So I'm I'm freaking out about Omicron. Um, I, I have already thinking about the I made plans for next October, which is like a year away to go to Oregon. And I'll visit our um, our rebellious teenager while I'm up there. In
1: Wilhelmina. In Wilhelmina. Never gonna forget you.
0: <laughs> um, to go to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and now I'm thinking, okay. oh my god, Omicron. But hopefully by then it'll it'll all settle down. Oh, it's going to be gosh. so
1: over by next October. I mean, uh, I've been saying that for months now, um, years now. But Omicron is—I'm sort of mispronouncing it, but whatever. I mean, whatever. We're all going to have that variant in the next few weeks. I—I I was at a I'm grocery that's store. True. It's totally true. Um, it spreads like 500 times more quickly than COVID-1, um, and people are just over it. Like, they're done. Yeah. And word on the street is, it's not as severe as other versions of the coronavirus. Well, the problem, though,
0: is the long COVID, which I'm nervous about. I don't yeah. want to get long COVID. I mean, I, mean I, I got enough problems.
1: I don't want to get COVID at all. That's right. why I fully vaccinated. That's why I wear an N95 mask like yeah, yeah. everywhere I go. But anymore I'm the only person wearing a mask. And this includes, and this is not a commercial, because uh, you'll know why in a second. This includes Trader Joe's where I swear because I looked yesterday, right? Yeah, I ran in to get some emergency wine because it was Friday night. And yeah. hey, there were it three people yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's right at the front door in this red <laughs> thing, and you take a little hammer, and you smash the glass, and then you run to the register, yeah. right? Hilarious. Um, so, yeah, uh, like, one staff member, everybody, all the other staff members, no masks. Uh, customers, Wow. laughable if you were wearing a mask, right? Wow. And I was just like, it's over. I mean, that's that. So, we'll see what happens, but...
0: Well, I was reading on TikTok that like everybody in New York has it now. So I'm sure TikTok is the most reliable news source that I can possibly ever source. find. But um, but they're all saying on TikTok that everybody, they, everyone in New York is saying everyone they know has COVID now. So I guess that's just a, a harbinger of things to come.
1: Yep. So the good news is we'll survive it. Long COVID, you're right. Who knows? Um, don't try and catch it, everybody. Get vaccinated. Wear masks. Um, hand washing seems yeah. to have gone away, but fine. You can't really catch it as easily from objects so gone are the days of throwing all my boxes from amazon in the garage and waiting three days and then walking in there with like a respirator and (laughs) sanitary wipes to
0: did you really do that
1: uh i did for the first like first couple of weeks of covid
0: wow where yeah
1: like groceries even anything
0: yeah wow groceries sat in the
1: garage um damn yeah, like, I was serious. I was not going to catch it. Um, and, you know, hey, here we are.
0: Here we are, indeed. So, on that note, let um, Let's talk podcast, about
1: something cheery, <laughs> like
0: Christmas. Christmas. Um, yeah, I hope you guys stay safe over Christmas, by the way. Uh, that's all. Okay, so today's podcast, um, an Edmonton, Canada bakery, Dutch Delicious. Apologized earlier this month. I don't like that name, Dutch Delicious. That's weird. Well, uh, I don't know what you think about it. I, That's I mean,
1: I I don't hate it. It sort of says what it is. It's a Dutch bakery, and so and
0: it's allegedly delicious. Well,
1: actually, they would call themselves Dutch bakery if they were saying what it is. So you're right. Dutch yeah. delicious. Doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hmm.
0: I don't know. Whatever. It's just. Weird. I didn't um,
1: mind the name.
0: <laughs> um, they apologized, Dutch Delicious did Earlier this month For I think no. I read like two or three f- stories About what happened And I could not figure out For the life of me What the fuck happened But I think what they apologized for Is the visit of Swartipete To the bakery
1: Yeah, yeah It was a little confusing Because it wasn't okay. a huge What was I going to say?
0: Huge.
1: <laughs> a huge <laughs> a, a huge um, <laughs> News story Right. Uh, outside of Edmonton, outside of like the one newspaper that reported it. Right. Right. So right. it was kind of a bunch of nothing. Um,
0: <laughs> and we're going to make a whole podcast out of it. Well, yeah,
1: because it's Christmas. It gets us to <laughs> yippee.
0: So who is Sparta Pete talking about Christmas? Um, the National Geographic, um, Betty Little wrote an article uh, saying that to celebrate December 5th, the Dutch St. Nicholas holiday, Netherlanders gather for parades in which St. Nicholas, who's called in Dutch Sinterklaas, arrives by boat supposedly from Spain to hand out candy and gifts. Claus is um, uh, an older white man who's portrayed as a hero with a helper or helpers named Svarte Pete or Black Pete, who are clownish blackface characters wearing large gold earrings and exaggerated, brightly painted red lips.
1: Yep. I yes. mean, there's no mistaking what, what's going on when you see I don't think so. Black Pete. I
0: don't think so, but the Dutch people may, as you will find out later in this podcast, disagree. Um, the story of Piet goes back at least to the mid-19th century to a children's book called St. Nicholas and His Servant. In the book, Piet is Sinterklaas' dark-skinned helper, referred to only as the Servant. In the illustrations in the book, he wears colorful clothing like that of a page or a moor. And, um... Others, however, connect far to, Pete, to traditional narratives from the Middle Ages, in which St. Nicholas was paired with a dark-skinned helper who represented a tamed devil or evil character like Krampus. I didn't go into Krampus because I figure people either know Krampus or they don't know Krampus, and it's not my job to educate people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, same thing. I just okay. sort of lumped Krampus in with this whole, like... Um, the dark side of christmas
0: exactly right exactly and
1: so black pete is also the no puns intended the dark side of christmas um, right and so it was kind of like eh, it's a, there's so much with christmas um
0: it's just it, it, we could make several podcasts if we go into we could the do this whole for, for hours. Of Christmas.
1: let's start now
0: hours and hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah i didn't do krampus either but he's a black pete variant
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so since the mid-19th century when this children's book was written, and over the course of the 20th century, the story um, arose that Svarte Piet was a former slave who had been freed by Sinterklaas and had subsequently become his lifelong companion, I think in a straight way, though. Um, slavery was abolished in the Netherlands in 1863, While previous to that, the Dutch weren't legally allowed to be slave owners, they were shareholders in the business of slavery in other countries for more than 200 years. Because of this, says Emily Raboteau, they didn't have to confront the miserable lives of the enslaved unfolding on plantations far away, and for the most part, they still don't. Meanwhile, the Sparta continue to be the highlight of annual parades. In the weeks leading up to Sinterklaas' name day, cities and towns host parades featuring hundreds of white people dressed as Pete in outlandish costumes, Afro wigs, and red lipstick with blackface and Afro-Caribbean accents. You know, I think it's the Afro-Caribbean accents that really get me. Like, how can you say that, you know, why are you putting on an accent if this is a Dutch tradition?
1: Uh, right, yeah, if it's not racist, why? why are you imitating the slaves in the Bahamas that right. uh, the Netherlands owned when they were uh, sugar plantations. So.
0: I thought it was the Netherlands Antilles. Was I wrong?
1: Uh, Maybe it was the
0: Bahamas. Could, I don't know.
1: Uh, well, you know what? My my knowledge of the world is um, it's round. And so...
0: <laughs> round and blue.
1: Could be. <laughs> sure, right? But uh, I have a friend who's from um, Curacao, and he's uh. uh he is dutch but his ancestry is uh uh african and european and so mm-hmm. his uh, ancestors were slave enslaved mm. laborers in curacao i want to say but maybe it was it doesn't sure, matter maybe. about my friend and what town i think he's from because i don't know anything <laughs> about the globe why am i talking <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so the, the, um, the Pete costumes uh, include blackface and African-Caribbean accents. Um, stores buy Pete costumes, merchandise, and baked goods. Adults visit children's homes and schools dressed as Sinterklaas and Pete. Um, Pete brings gifts and treats for good children, but naughty kids are warned they'll be whipped and taken away to Spain in one of Pete's burlap sacks.
1: Spain again. I mean, I get the Moorish connection right? yeah, Because uh, the Moors were the other, and that was this frightening thing for Christians. Um, right. And they were present in Spain. So I, I do get this. Bit. Why is Santa Claus coming from Spain? I don't know. But okay. I,
0: I didn't get that either. <laughs> That's another thing I failed to research for this podcast. Um,
1: <laughs> well, it's just so wrong. There was no need to recognize Spain. it.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, a growing number of Netherlanders are protesting the use of zwarte Piet now. Um, since about the early 2010s, at least, the character has been increasingly controversial and decreasingly prevalent at holiday celebrations in the years that have followed. As of 2021, there's a revised version called Rotweg Piet, who's uh, in English Sooty Piet, that's S O O T Y, um, has become more common than the traditional variant at public events. Um, Sooty Piet, has the natural skin of the person playing the character with soot marks created by dark makeup on their faces instead of total blackface because one version of the story around the character suggests that um, Swartipede's blackness is due to a permanent layer of soot that he acquired through his trips down the chimney to visit children's homes. wouldn't
1: explain the Caribbean accents or the, or the I'm not going to say freakishly large, but the uh, frighteningly red lips.
0: That's exactly right. And uh, this gentleman named Will Eichelboom, a human rights lawyer in Amsterdam who represents many in the anti-black peat movement, says that he grew up with a sooty peat myth, um, quote, who was black when he came through the chimney and was a harmless helper. It was embarrassingly late when I realized that if he came through the chimney, you don't have thick red lips or black curly hair. This is probably a stereotype of a black man. And this had to be pointed out to me by protesters.
1: Yeah, because you don't think of the things from your childhood as problematic. Exactly. I mean, sure, sometimes you do, but, you know, no. It's just a normal thing you grew up with. Exactly. I mean, let's start with somebody's coming down the chimney.
0: Well, yeah, there's a lot of problems with that.
1: Well, no, it's just you believe anything and it's just normal. And so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always had problems with that, I guess. <laughs> we
1: didn't have a chimney, like, so it was a why whole are they thing. Not
0: dirty. If they come down the chimney. Why are they not dirty? How do they fit down the chimney? I know it's all magic, but yeah, still, well, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Well, no, it's magic. It's, if it's magic,
0: uh, why is the chimney even involved?
1: Because...
0: <laughs> okay. Well, he has to land on the roof, and I guess the easiest way for him to get down would be via the chimney. But well, he could just... What?
1: Uh, from the era in which, which sa- the Santa Claus myth sort of, like, coalesces, where it all sort of comes together. Um, uh-huh people had chimneys
0: okay okay
1: that's where your heat came from um i mean, yeah. everybody i don't know but probably a lot
0: i, I suspect so um All right, so in the meantime, we have white supremacists who are protesting what they see as the loss of the Tzvartapit tradition. Their arguments are that the character has been misinterpreted and others have overreacted and they simply want to continue with their traditions in peace. So a lot like with the American Confederate flag, the public debate surrounding the figure can be described as polarized, with some protesters considering the figure to be an insult to their ancestry and supporters considering the character to be an inseparable part of their cultural heritage. Journalists in the Netherlands have received death threats for writing about Pete, and anti-blackface activists have been targeted with violent attacks.
1: Wow, I didn't even make the correlation with the Confederate flag or the Confederacy in general right. in the states, right? Right. But yeah, right. very much there. Southerners will tell you, um, American Southerners uh, of some families will tell you that um, they're very proud to be Southern. The Confederacy was a wonderful time. And that it was unfortunate that there were enslaved laborers, but look at the dresses, oh my God, the ribbons
0: <laughs> Everyone I mean it was, was a so wonderful polite. time for some white people, I guess the rich white people, maybe it was a wonderful time. um, I can't imagine, but uh I suppose so
1: i I mean a lot
0: of other people exist though, do they? i'm one (laughs) not a rich white person um the dutch review claims and i don't know how true this is but they say that racism has not been largely discussed in the netherlands until recently and that it's a bit of a Mm. taboo topic there could be so it doesn't fit in with pardon me it doesn't fit in with adults cultural identity so the word racism creates discomfort and defensiveness there's a big disconnect in the discussion when it comes to behavior that many do not recognize as discriminatory because it's based on tradition, while others experience that behavior as hurtful or insulting.
1: I I mean, I have two friends, one's sort of not a friend anymore because of a thing that happened, not to me, but something he did to to a friend of mine. So let's just say, because that was awkward, that um, I know two people who are... Dutch, right? Yeah. And one of them is a a person of color. Sorry. Yeah. My dog is going mental. Your dog is losing it. Yeah. And you know what it is? What? Black Pete is walking up to the front door. Oh my god. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Going
1: to stop me from saying what I'm going to say, but so what I will say is that from um uh from my from this person that I knew, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, quite well. Yeah. Uh, he had grown up as a person of color In a largely white country um, But yeah. with access to some privilege So he went to private schools yeah. uh, Blah, blah, blah Cool um, And the Dutch Are famous for their Tolerance Yes, But tolerance does not always Equal kindness or acceptance Right? And that's uh, sort of that Fine line of He was tolerated by some people, I see because of his race. So he was tolerated in certain rooms at certain times, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. didn't always feel welcomed, right? And then, okay. of course, there were other times when he felt perfectly welcome to fine. So, you know, um, racism in the Netherlands probably as as complicated as World War II was for the grandchildren, the German grandchildren of Nazis. You're- what? Uh, right.
0: <laughs> Listen, what I said
1: makes all the sense in the world. But you no, know, so like there, there's no okay. need to have discussions around racism because the Dutch are tolerant. This is no, me, my interpretation, right? Okay. Um, and in that same way, now people are starting to say, hmm, yeah, we're tolerant, but we're not accepting. And there I is see. a streak of racism and maybe we should talk about it. In that same okay. way that grandchildren of of uh german grandchildren of nazis were like yeah i i love my opa, is that the word yeah that could be yeah um but uh mm, yeah embarrassed and we need to talk about what happened during the war right so it's just that at a point where a society is ready to start talking about things they'd rather
0: that they haven't and i think I think you're right. I think the Dutch people are still at the point where they're getting ready to talk about it. Because as of last year, the majority of the Dutch people did not view Zwarte Piet as discriminatory. Um, There was a question in a poll um, whether people agreed with the following statement. Even though it may not be intended that way, I understand that Zwarte Piet comes across as discriminatory to people of color. And the majority disagreed with that statement. So only 40% agreed, and the remaining 8% didn't have an opinion. Well, How can you not have an opinion? Anyway, so uh, the number of the people understanding the racism of Pete has been growing since at least the 2010s, and Emily Raboteau says, the Dutch will learn their history and its ties to slavery, and I hope they will learn it soon. When they confront that hidden core, Dutch society must also realize that there is no tradition so golden that one child's joy should come at the cost of another's shame.
1: I think that was beautifully said. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, very, very well said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, hey, you're right. And I'm afraid to say anything more because it's like, geez, Theo, are you being hypocritical somehow, some way, somewhere? Probably there's.
0: I think we're all hypocritical when it comes to racism in some ways. Yeah. I mean, we're all racist. We're all hypocritical. Nobody's perfect, um, especially us white people.
1: The so, end. thanks, everybody, for listening, yeah, thanks for, for listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. podcast.
0: <laughs> 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 but I think you've done some research on um, things uh, about, oh, around Christmas. I have. Are, yeah, tell us about it. Oh,
1: get ready, because it's going to get so Christmassy up in here. Um, Love it. So... Um, I had never heard of, and I can't say his first name because I know a Yiddish word that's quite bad. Um, and that's the word I'm going to accidentally say. So I'm I'm just going to call him Black Pete. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like, what, how could I have gone like my whole entire life? I didn't, I didn't know about Black Pete until I was like probably in my thirties. Um, which would have maybe been the time that I met my, uh, friend who did that bad thing. That,
0: yeah, I'm not sure I knew about it before yesterday, frankly.
1: Well, I didn't know anything in detail, but I sort of maybe vaguely knew as an adult, right, uh-huh. that, oh, Santa Claus has has like this creature that comes with him and, <laughs> and beats children with a stick or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And when I heard it, I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not Christmas. And yeah. so immediately discounted it cool and got on with my life because you know dumbest thing I've ever heard but to think that somewhere in um, Amsterdam certainly but throughout the Netherlands there are children who are like oh I hope I see Black Pete Like (laughs) it's part of their you know part of their childhood so got it part of their Christmas I was like what the fuck else right and so you know
0: what else isn't fair no (laughs) oh no fair
1: (laughs) Christmas I'm gonna drag (laughs) you
0: they get two Christmases. They get the 5th of December and they get the 25th and 26th of December. That's really three Christmases.
1: There's the twelve days of Christmas for
0: We don't get twelve days of Christmas. No, That's we just bullshit. Whatever. It's the I song. mean, maybe if you have an Advent calendar, you, you get you get twelve days of Christmas. But I don't have an Advent calendar this year. I should have gotten one. Anyway, go back to your story. Oh, okay, cool.
1: Back back to me. Uh, back, <laughs> back to, to me. You, Theo. And my my uh my confusion over Black Pete. So, you know, cool. All right. All cultures have a weird thing, right? That's totally normal for them and a big deal for them, important to them, and weird to everybody else, right? And so uh, we talked about the nativity uh, a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yes, we did.
1: In Catalonia, they have something called the cajera, which translates into the pooper. And I'm not (laughs) making this up. If you have not heard of this, get ready. (laughs) So every nativity scene in Catalonia and surrounding regions will have a person hidden away somewhere in the behind the manger who is squatting and defecating.
0: <laughs> now
1: I am not a big fan of uh, scatological humor, so uh-huh. I will not be making any jokes about this oh because I think it's shitty. <laughs> I'm <laughs> ah, gonna die ah, I did it <laughs> No but it's true I don't like that kind of humor It's gross <laughs> We'd never know it I know right um, But I mean honestly it, So it doesn't matter how I feel about that What matters is That um, in Spain uh, Nativity scenes Sometimes are as large As the town of Bethlehem Right, so it's not just the manger. There'll be a whole recreation of of Bethlehem, and the fun thing to
0: do—nativity scene as large as the town of Bethlehem. Well, you know, it's
1: like it goes on for several blocks. It
0: includes the town of Bethlehem. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. So it includes. Thank you. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's what I said. If you rewind this tape, you'll hear that's exactly what I said. Okay. So, so it's as big as the town is be- of Bethlehem, right? <laughs> No, it's just like, you know, it's life-size, and they'll have a life-size guy over <laughs> Okay. Or, okay. Eh. And so in 2005, Barcelona decided they weren't going to feature this um, edition Shitting anymore. statues? Yep. Okay. And, and the region of Catalonia had hysterics because <laughs> you are discounting our culture, and we've always said we're not part of Spain, and now you're proving it, Barcelona, by removing an important figure from our heritage, from your nativity town, right? Wow. And so in 2006, he was back. Um, wow. Yeah. So, how weird is that? That's just a normal part. It's an exciting part of the nativity scene. Children look for it, finding it is good luck.
0: Right. I wonder how graphic it gets. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you it's can true Google. It's Google Life? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't want one in my nativity.
1: No, I can't. Why?
0: <laughs> I don't know I why. You. And and I don't yeah. care
1: why, right? I started yeah. to get into like some folklore about uh fertility and uh, come on. I don't know. Yeah. When, so nobody no. knows. But a little bit like Black Pete, like you know, you can point to figures associated um with Saint Nicholas. There's some story about how he he gained control of a demon, right? Yeah. And then there's that other story about how he rescued a a, a slave, uh, um, yeah. right? So whatever. Um, who knows, but okay. So that's Catalonia. I'm not Catalonian, but I am American. And so it was like, well, what do we have that might be weird? And I had a long conversation with, uh, James who's British last night and was like, yeah, what's weird about American Christmas. And he couldn't really come up with anything because we have packaged Christmas and have distributed it to the world. Right. Yeah. So everything felt kind of normal. For him. Yeah. Um, but some things like Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. So, although that's not a major part of Christmas, Rudolph is not a surprise to find on a tree or, you know, as a cookie or whatever, part of Christmas. Um, uh-huh. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, started off in 1939 as a Montgomery Ward marketing campaign. So, Every year, Montgomery Ward would give out—
0: 1939.
1: 1939 oh. would give out okay. coloring books to kids and adults, I guess. Um, and so one copywriter, a guy named Robert L. May, was given the assignment to write a long poem. He created a poem about a fictional reindeer with a shiny red nose, drawing upon his own recollections of being bullied as a child. May was <laughs> a— Uh-huh. May was assigned. <laughs> okay. I know, right? It's like, what's your nose? That's sad. What's up? Oh, it gets sadder. Um, Oh, no. May was assigned the project in the midst of a particularly tragic year. His wife, Evelyn, died of cancer in July, and the widower Mm. found himself deep in debt while trying to raise his young daughter. Despite those struggles, May was able to complete his assignment, turning in a poem with a meter similar to A Night Before Christmas, right? So they Mm -hmm. gave away 2.4 million books in 1939 and then 3.6 million books in 1946. It was super popular. Wow. Um, Now, this is worth commenting on. The company president, some guy named Sewell Avery, signed over the poem's rights to May in 1946 so the copywriter could be compensated for his work. Um, I mean, I don't know how much money he gave away, but lots and lots and lots. Um, Okay, so about 10 years after Rudolph was written...
0: Do we know this poem?
1: Oh, I looked it up. It's really long.
0: Okay. It's really okay. it's like But it's not like the night before Christmas. It's something that people recite at it, Christmas or anything. Yeah,
1: it, it has the same beat and meter as a Nightmare as a Nightmare Before Christmas. No, <laughs> the night before Christmas. Um but it's uh it's super long. Um okay. And I mean, yeah, it's cute, but uh it was really long. So, 10 years after Rudolph appeared, um May's brother-in-law, a guy named Johnny Marks wrote a song called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.
0: Sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. And he asked Gene Autry to sing it. Now, Yeah, uh, Robert, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's his name, the brother-in-law, Johnny Marks, was a famous songwriter. Uh, oh. He wrote a bunch of songs that were very popular. Um, his Christmas songs include Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, which he you know wrote, wrote for Brenda Lee.
0: Christmas tree? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but not that way. It's better. Um, Mm -hmm. A Holly Jolly Christmas, Mm -hmm. Silver and Gold, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, and then, sadly, Run Rudolph Run. Um, But, (laughs) I mean, you know, whatever. So, anyway, Gene Autry didn't want to do the song because he thought it was stupid, and Autry's wife was like, oh, no, it's such a sweet song, and you should do it. So he recorded it, but he released it as a B-side on the record. So he put out a single, Uh and it was supposed to be the... The crappy for the crappy other song.
0: That you don't listen to. That you don't yeah.
1: listen to, right? And instead it became a massive hit for him. It's the most popular thing that he's ever done. Um, wow. And yeah, there you go. So um, this one means nothing, but have you ever heard of Olive, the Other Reindeer? Yes. Yeah, so that was a marketing campaign done by Neiman Marcus, uh, a cartoon voiced by Drew Barrymore.
0: That was Neiman Marcus? Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I bought one because I was like, that came out around the time uh, where I was like, I need really nice Christmas decorations. And so I bought Neiman Marcus's little Olive, olive the Other olive, the other Reindeer. Olive
0: the Other Reindeer, yeah. yeah. It,
1: she goes on the tree every year. Um Aww. Yeah. Nobody's ever That's heard sweet. of her and who cares. Um,
0: that was like the 90s or something, wasn't it?
1: The 1890s, yeah. Um, olive the Other Reindeer? No, it was. Yeah, it was the 1990s. So it just feels so far okay. away now. <laughs> you know
0: You're confusing me I'm old Don't confuse me
1: I'm gonna confuse you So much even more <laughs> When I tell you That then there You know There's Frosty the Snowman Who really just Didn't become a thing Like yeah Frosty's not as big As Rudolph
0: Oh my sister Loved Frosty the Snowman It's Aww. like such a big Part of my Christmas It's like It's just that the, We had to watch That stupid Frosty the Snowman Show every freaking year
1: Well yeah I've got my shows That I have, have to hey, watch Frosty Every year
0: snowman.
1: Uh, Die hard But Oh that's sweet well, I'm glad that Frosty impacted one person's life positively because yeah. I don't care about it. I didn't
0: realize them. it was so uncommon. That's funny. I thought it was like a big part of Christmas for everyone. Uh, no,
1: I've never no, seen uh-huh. a Frosty the Snowman cookie or cake. I mean, the you know, the I was going to say the commercial. You've the, seen
0: Snowman cookies.
1: Yeah, but that's not Frosty. They're all Frosty. No.
0: Okay. All right. All
1: right. I'll let you have that one. Sure. Why not? How can I argue with you? Okay, but then some of the other things that we take as really standard that were present when our parents were born, like Christmas trees, Santa, and snow. So let's start with.
0: (laughs) You're not going to tell me snow is inauthentic, are you? (laughs) Snow
1: is a Christmas add on that gets wrapped, that blankets the holiday. Thank you. I did that. Um, Yes. Thanks to Charles Dickens. And I will tell you about that when we get to that part of my notes.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Basically, Christmas has this very complicated history, was a religious part of it, which we covered in our nativity aspect, and I'm not going to drag everybody back through first century Christianity, much as I would love to. Um, mm. So it was one of those holidays that was celebrated regionally in different ways, um, and kind of common was it was... Um, it, what, what's the word they use? It wasn't rambunctious. It was just kind of wild. People dressed up in costumes and they ran around and would have little riots. Uh, you would okay. go to other people's homes and you would sing a carol at the front door. And then if they didn't open the door and give you...
0: Like trick-or-treat.
1: Like, just like Halloween, right? Yeah. Uh, then you could break into their house and take Damn. what you wanted, right? Wow. Um, so it was... Off the chain, I think is how the kids say it these days.
0: <laughs>
1: and when the Puritans came into power um, in England and America, right? Um, not loving Christmas. People used to dress in the opposite genders' clothing, right? Yeah. Um, and again, it just it was riotous. Is the word I was struggling stump- for? Right. I see. So the Puritans like tried to stamp Christmas out, and celebrations of it weren't cool. So much so that by the uh, early 1800s up through the mid-1800s, the London Times, which is called the Times, um, on December 25th, no mention of Christmas in their paper at all. Wow. For years, it was just a lesser holiday. Um, The bigger holiday was Boxing Day, which is something they have in the UK that we don't have in the States and that James Mm -hmm. still struggles to understand why we don't have Boxing Day which is literally just the day off as far as I get from my British family. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like they do things with boxes. Right?
0: I thought that was a day you were supposed to give your your helper people gifts.
1: I don't know. Maybe.
0: Okay. Um, okay.
1: There's some debate about like where the where the term boxing day comes from and there's some some speculation historically, that like, oh, it comes from when the churches would open up the poor box and distribute the funds to the poor, right, hmm. which was on December the 26th, the day after Christmas. Um, and I mean, maybe, sure, yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, um, don't know. And also, who cares? Because hmm. we don't celebrate it, and as far as I can tell, they don't really celebrate it in Britain either. It's just an excuse to have a day off. Um, but cool. So anyway, um, let's see so so the Puritans had really put a damper on Christmas celebrations, but mm-hmm. regionally mm-hmm. it was still celebrated in rural areas, and Charles Dickens grew up in one of those areas so oh. when he let me get to my let me get to my notes so I can make sure that my dates are right um yes, yes, I can I can do this so. Charles Dickens, in 1843, went to his newspaper editors. He was a writer for newspapers, and his stories Mm -hmm. appeared in serial editions in the newspapers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He went to his editors, and he said, hey, I've got this idea for this Christmas story that I want to write. And his editor said, nobody's interested in Christmas, so no. We're (laughs) we're not going to pay you to write a Christmas story, thanks. Okay. So he wrote it on his own, took him six weeks, and he printed it and distributed it on his own. He made a ton of money. He sold 6,000 copies in something oh. like two days. Ridiculous wow. for the times, right? Um, and again, Christmas had disappeared from the UK thanks to the Puritans. Dickens grew up in the countryside where the holiday was a local celebration. And he thought some of the more pleasant attributes would catch on with a London audience. Um, particularly given the recent marriage of Queen Victoria to Prince Albert. Um, The British nation basically had always looked to the uh, monarchy as like, what does it mean to be British, right, for a sense of British identity? And when Victoria and Albert got married, she turned her attention to her family and raising a family. And so uh, the family became very important in Britain. Um, Dickens incorporated a lot of the, like, the homey... Nice, sweet aspects of the Christmas that he grew up with, and he dropped the wild parties, the dressing up weirdly, pretending to be animals. All of that was kind of gone. That's Um, kind of fun. Well, I mean, we have Halloween for that, right? Okay. Of course, they sort of didn't have that in the eighteen hundreds, but whatever. So it really turns out that Christmas is uh, an invention of the nineteenth century, and all of these different components get packaged together. But Charles Dickens is the person who first caused people to ask, what is the meaning of Christmas? And then give an answer, right? Um, The answer is... The
0: the whole thing around Christ's birth really wasn't celebrated until relatively recently.
1: Well, I mean, you know... (sighs) Like that,
0: it's it's a made up date anyway. So yeah, totally understand.
1: A a lot of speculation I could I could throw out there, right? Okay, Uh, okay. But it's kind of like uh, I'm not going to touch it. Um, All right. So um, the things that Dickens emphasized in A Christmas Carol, which then become the meaning of Christmas, are forgiveness, compassion, the idea that the holiday is best celebrated with family. And that there are opportunities at second chances in life that allow us to become a better person through the love of a neighbor. So Uh that's really sweet, right? Uh Dickens grew up in an area where it snowed in December. And so, although it didn't typically snow in London in December, he wrote of a white Christmas in his story of A Christmas Carol, right? He also bothered, he he didn't bother, he borrowed aspects of Father christmas that bothered other people no um (laughs) and so cool um so that's sort of like where the what's the meaning of christmas comes from and then another thing that we take as totally normal that wasn't and isn't is the christmas tree so the christmas tree came to england by way of germany thanks to prince albert and it became a part of a quickly became a popular british tradition um, Lovely. Yeah, which is sweet, and moved its way over to America. So mm-hmm. in Germany, the Christmas tree was smaller and put on the center of a table. I'm uh, mm-hmm. sorry, and that was put in the center of a room. Sometimes the tree was hung upside down from the roof.
0: Interesting. And
1: things were put in the tree. I don't know why they're hanging the tree upside down, I whatever, right? Um, but in the States, given our access to forest, Our trees were huge inside of our homes, and obviously still something that uh, is a part of Christmas today. The bigger the Christmas tree, the bigger the Christmas. Um, Mm -hmm. Thomas Edison made small light bulbs on a string for his office, and that idea was stolen by one of his assistants, and that assistant painted the bulbs and put them on his Christmas tree, and that's where Ah. we get Christmas tree lights from. Thank you, Ah. assistant to Thomas Alva Edison, who stole his idea. I did not
0: know that.
1: I don't know if that assistant sold the bulbs or whatever, but all right, fine, right? Um, Christmas in the States is largely a German and Dutch uh, import, uh, Mm. rather like the way Halloween is an Irish import uh, that dates from, again, the mid to late 1800s. So I don't know when my great-grandparents were born, but certainly my great-great-grandparents probably didn't have a Christmas tree um, wow. Yeah, let's see. And then, of course, there is Santa Claus, who is an amalgamation of Sinterklaas, uh out of the Netherlands, who mm-hmm. comes with Black Pete or, in a straight way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Let's see. Cintrklaas, um, oh, yeah. Um, King Wenzelslaus, somehow, yeah. or like a Bishop yeah. Wenzelslaus. Uh, and then. St. Nicholas. And the thing I love about St. Nicholas, um, the saint in Turkey, is there's a story about how he tried to rescue—he th- didn't try—he rescued three women from prostitution by uh-huh. going to their home, because they were three sisters who were prostitutes, uh-huh. going to their home and leaving a gold coin on the windowsill every night for three nights in a row. And on the third night, the father came out to thank uh, Bishop Claus, or Bishop What's Nicholas. Was? No, it was, Nicholas? it's St. Nicholas? Okay, St. Nicholas. Uh, Yeah, who I think was a a bishop in Turkey. But anyway, so the father comes out and is like, oh, thank you, St. Nicholas. You've rescued my daughters from prostitution, and now I can pay their dowries and they can be married. And hooray, right? It's sort of like people want to make that connection to gift giving, and then Uh. other people want to take uh, the three kings and sort of say that's why we give gifts. And it's just sort of like winter holidays, kind of there was always, I should say always, but... There were there were holidays that people exchanged gifts, right? Most famously, the Elizabethans did it on New Year's Day as opposed to Christmas. But that gift-giving idea just sort of shifted closer to Christmas. Um, yeah. And so Santa Claus, as we have him today, is an invention of um, Coca-Cola. Thank you. A delicious drink. A delicious frosty <laughs> drink. Hi, I did that. Um <laughs> In 1931, a guy named Hatton Sundblom, who worked for Coca-Cola, came up with uh, the an illustration of Santa Claus, which was a combination of Sinterklaas, St. Nicholas, and the English Father Christmas. Uh, he also used himself as sort of a model, oh. and Coke uses the illustration to this day. Um, it's very fair to say, when criticism is leveled at Christmas, that it is a holiday created by retailers that... Yeah, it's kind of, you know, a holiday created by retailers.
0: Capitalism. Yeah,
1: but I love it.
0: I love it too. I love getting presents and giving presents. I like the trees. I love the trees. I love the lights. I love the snow, even though it doesn't snow here. It used to snow in Pennsylvania sometimes at Christmas.
1: Charles Dickens would have it snowing all the time in Pennsylvania at Christmas. All
0: the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: So I don't know how true this is, right? But there's like this goofiness between Catholicism and Protestantism. I can't even say it. I'm such a good Catholic. And um, the, the idea of a tree or candles in the tree comes from Martin Luther, who was walking through the woods one night after he had dabbed a knife into a church door with his What was it called? Complaint.
0: What? Oh the um oh God, I don't know. If you'd asked me twenty minutes ago, I could have told you.
1: Okay. So stupid so you're in such a fog now with all the Christmas information I've been throwing at you. I'm
0: thinking about holidays, yes.
1: Um but so he saw the moon through the branches of a pine tree and brought the pine tree home to teach his children or his child, I forgot if he had, whatever, so to teach, teach his son, probably. Um, oh, the true meaning of Christmas is Christ is the eternal light that guides us toward salvation, and so seeing the moon through this tree reminded me of Jesus. Let's have a tree in our house with lights on it. Perfect. Yes, great. And um, sure, is that true? I mean, whatever.
0: Yeah, who cares?
1: Martin Luther might care. Might have cared. <laughs> Some Germans might care. We might get some emails saying that's not how it comes from at all, Theo. Right. But
0: mm. I'd love to get some email. Please, please send us email, people. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even care what you say, (laughs) but we'll read it carefully. Twice. Twice.
1: So, yeah, that's Christmas. Um, I don't know. uh, Oh, well, we have the apology to rate. So, we do. We do. Let's go ahead and do that. That was the whole doorway to allow us to indulge ourselves with Christmas.
0: The bakery in Edmonton called Dutch Delicious, which we're changing the name to Dutch Bakery, um, that was visited by Zwarte Pete stated on Facebook, we recently held our annual Sinterklaas celebration on December 3rd. We do see reason to celebrate, remembering Nicholas and Peter coming from different cultures to show kindness to the Dutch so long ago. This celebration has not been banned in the Netherlands and is still being enjoyed today. We do realize that we have offended people with our Zwarte Piet character, so to those we have offended, it was done very unintentionally, and we are sorry for causing hurt. That is why we have decided to change our festivities in the coming years to incorporate a chimney pete who will have soot streaks on his face and lose the curly hair and red lips. A big thank you to all of you who have showed your support. This community is such a blessing to us. This includes our wonderful team at the bakery that have carried my why in business all the way. And so we keep breaking bread together. I mean... Meh.
1: You know, it's... uh, We're
0: sorry we offended people. That's a big red flag.
1: They're still in business, right? Sorry
0: you feel bad. Yeah, there was no harm done to them, as far as I could tell. Right. Um, People probably... It being in Canada, people probably didn't understand the Dutch traditions, so they probably were more offended in Canada by the Black Pete than they would have been. Well, if the and hi,
1: if you're a Dutch person living in Canada, you're going to clue into the fact that racism is a thing.
0: You really should. I agree. There you go. I'm with you 100%. So I actually rate this apology a zero.
1: Well, I was going to give it a one, and I will, so that could be different <laughs> from you, Um it's not so much that it's poorly written or even that it was insincere, uh, but it was insincere. I mean, it's, it, uh, oh, people are mad at us. We're sorry. Uh, you know, the the caricature of a Moorish person is a part of our history, and we just wanted to share the joy of having a, yeah. you know, a racist caricature jump out at you from behind a stack of cakes um, and we're
0: sorry we hurt some people's feelings. And here's so, the thing. But those people don't matter. Yeah.
1: And I'm fixing this issue right now for the Netherlands. So everybody, you're welcome, right? Black Pete can be purple. Call him purple Pete. That's more fun.
0: Well, he's only they do 150 have some years pictures. old. They did have some pictures online of people in different color faces, but I don't think that satisfied the
1: the racist in, in the country. But, yeah, yeah. to
0: not satisfy the racists in the country yeah. for sure. Oh no! Yeah, it had to be black. It's traditional,
1: right? Yeah, it's so stupid. It's it's that's the thing that drives me crazy when people are like Santa Claus is you know white. It's like Santa Claus is a magical person.
0: Yeah,
1: he can be anything
0: to he anybody. Anything he wants to be. Yes,
1: that's why he's Santa so, Claus, and yeah. you know, whatever drives me crazy. <laughs>
0: So that apology, um, they, they did change the thing they were going to do. They were going to have a chimney pee with the streaks on his face and no curly hair and red lips, which is the minimum they probably could do um, to change. So, again, rated a zero. Um, end of story. One. For, so we get a .5 overall because Theo... Graciously
1: gave it one point. I did, yeah, I, <laughs> I did, because you know, I mean, at least they, at least they made the effort, and then they, you know, did they fix the problem? Well, they sort of did by saying we're we're not going to present this racist caricature anymore. Yeah. So, all right, cool, and I get that you're a Dutch bakery, and that's a uniquely Dutch um, character. So yeah. cool, but are there another Dutch characters? They're like a
0: I mean, probably Sinterklaas is, is identifiable enough to just use Sinterklaas instead Well, yeah. Instead of, yeah. God, you're smart. <laughs> so do you have uh, who's sorry now or apologies expected?
1: Um, I would like to go second because okay. I still need to think. I'm, I'm torn between two. So
0: okay. go. So I have an apologies expected. It's short but sweet. Southwest Airlines CEO Gary Kelly tested positive for COVID-19 after appearing at a U.S. Senate hearing on Wednesday uh, in which he questioned the health benefits of masks on airplanes and did not wear a mask during the hearing. So he appeared at the Senate committee hearing with the CEOs of United Airlines and American Airlines, as well as the senior Delta Airlines executive and the head of a flight attendants union. Um, again, he did not wear a mask and question the health benefits of masks on airplanes. And he now has COVID-19. He is going to step down next year as chief executive, unrelatedly, but I expect an apology from him within the next two weeks.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that'll, that will be coming. Right. Good. Um, and, and should, cause you know.
0: Should, what an idiot.
1: Um, I, I mean, again, yeah, get vaccinated, wear a mask and yeah. if, if you don't want to, I mean, that's right, but...
0: And of course, the article I read about it was all about, oh, he has mild COVID. He's going to be just fine. He's recovering at home. But come on, people, stop spreading COVID around. And, you know, if you have children, it's not safe for your children or your elderly folks or immunocompromised people. Just get your shit together and wear a mask.
1: That is right. And we are preaching to the choir, so... I hope so. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, please, we...
0: No one else is listening to us right. anymore. <laughs> it is
1: those we've, people we've
0: scared everyone away.
1: They know we're not the show for them.
0: Absolutely, we are not except for, show for them. our
1: hate listeners, perhaps. Um, and who cares? So let's see. I don't have an apologies expected. I will okay. have a who's sorry now, and I will keep it Christmas e. Um, cool. Yeah, because you know what? Why not? So um, who's sorry now is my mother. And okay. here's the apology that I expect. And it's not because okay. I didn't get every gift I ever wanted,
0: okay. right? Because
1: I wasn't that kind of kid, and I wasn't from uh-huh. that kind of family. It was like, yeah. lucky to be getting Christmas at all. Did you wash yeah. the floor? Um, right. Right. So, yes. And the answer was always yes. Yes, the floor was washed. So, um, when I was very young, probably five years old, mm-hmm. I looked under my mother's bed, and I found presents.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: And I real quick made some dots connected and what made some dots connected i connected some
0: dots (laughs) but i was five and i didn't
1: know that expression then so
0: yes um
1: so but it occurred to me that i know this isn't a thing but if anybody's listening with children now would be a wonderful time to stop listening with children
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah turn it off
1: so uh my belief in santa claus was shattered oh and that night, which probably, or whatever, like soon after, right, we went to bed because Santa was coming and you have to go to sleep. And of course you're excited as a kid because, oh my God, I'm going to get my presents. And so you're up until like three yeah. o'clock in the morning. Um, and, I still am. Oh, well, I'm not, but I do wake up like at 4 a.m. <laughs> and I go outside. Not, I don't go outside. I go outside of the you bedroom. go look at the
0: tree. And I go look at the tree yeah. for hours. I know. Uh, for hours it's with a cup, a cup of, of coffee. coffee. It's perfect.
1: Um So my sister and I stayed up and stared out of our bedroom window to see if we could see Rudolph in the sky, because that was a thing that we did when we were little kids. Yeah. Um, And could we see Santa? And then our mother came into the room and woke us up and said, you guys, you have to be really quiet because there's somebody in the house. And we were like, what? And then from our bedroom, There were stairs that went down into the kitchen. And against the wall, because the stairs have lined the wall or whatever, right, we could see a shadow of Santa Claus going down the stairs. Wow. I remember it vividly to this day, right? Wow. And we could not believe it and jumped out of bed and ran down the stairs into the living room to find our neighbor... Joseph DePilca, <laughs> asleep on the couch. As a five-year-old, this was totally normal, right? Okay. This, okay. this did not strike me as odd at all that there was... A, okay. Our next-door neighbor was sleeping on the couch, right? Okay. Don't know why. If we'd, my mother, she didn't, like... What am I saying? Like, men didn't spend the night at our house. Okay. Right? Okay.
0: I was wondering if that's why it was normal. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
1: I meant, like, in that way that it, my mother was it, such a whore. It's your kid, it you don't know anything. Normal, normal, normal. <laughs> uh, no. I didn't what, think that, but okay. But anything so, that happened in our house was yeah. perfect and fine and be. normal and how it should be, right? Yeah. So the fact that Mr. DePilka had come over and gotten so sleepy <laughs> that he'd fallen asleep on the couch... Made total sense, right? Okay. So our nice Jewish neighbor had dressed up like Santa Claus to go down the stairs and cast a shadow on the wall to help restore my belief in Santa Claus because my mother was devastated, right?
0: Aww. And
1: so why does she owe me an apology? I will tell you. She owes me an apology because she should have hidden those presents better and I could have believed in Santa <laughs> until I was like eight or nine.
0: Yeah, I
1: agree. Yeah. So even though there was a shadow, right, I still, that seed of doubt had been planted. And so, I mean, I think within the next year, my mother was like, yeah, you're right, but don't tell your sister.
0: (laughs) Who then believed in Santa
1: until she was 37.
0: Oh my God. I think until I think when I was seven or so, uh, my mother looked at me one day in the car. Oh on, no! On, on my way home from school or something, she was driving. She looked at me and she said, You don't believe in Santa Claus anymore, do you? And I was like, No. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> and let me guess.
1: It was like April.
0: No, I think it was Christmas time, (laughs) which makes it all the all the worse. Like, why would you do it around Christmas time? I I don't think I believe in Santa Claus at that point anyway. But I mean, I I was probably at that phase where you're like, there's no Santa Claus, but I'm going to pretend just because it's fun. Uh So, um, but she she destroyed that for me. So thanks, mom.
1: Well, I I am from a family where people will tell you that Santa Claus is real. It's the spirit of Christmas. Right. right. Like,
0: yes, Virginia, there is a Santa yes, Claus. Yes, Virginia,
1: there is a Santa Claus.
0: <laughs> and
1: he's going to sleep on your couch. It's totally normal.
0: Why was he asleep? How I don't understand the logistics of He couldn't get of the story. out of the
1: house fast enough because we were running <laughs> down the stairs. So he has like a five and a three-year-old oh. chasing him. And, you know, it wasn't a big house. So I see. You know, I see. His choice oh, my God, was, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now I've wondered how did they throw a shadow? But I guess a flashlight or whatever and Maybe, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. So it was very sweet of my mother to go to all that trouble. It was very, very sweet of Mr. DePilka to participate. And I can only imagine that he was like, You want me to do what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) At what time? (laughs) Why? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That would never fly today. (laughs) Oh, funny. Okay. Well, I think that's it for me. Um, Anything additional, Theo?
1: No. I mean, always. Sure. Let's talk about, but no. No, other than (laughs) uh, for those of you who celebrate, have a wonderful holiday. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry
0: Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays for sure. We will see you next week.
1: Yes, with a new episode that won't be Christmas because Christmas will be over. Boom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we'll be back next year at Christmas time.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well there's always Christmas.
0: There's always Christmas future. <laughs> yes. Yay. Okay. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Bye.